on tonight's episode of the Yoga 360 podcast. Well, I found yoga. I was uh, pretty into the gym at the same time. So I was uh, uh, more concerned with uh, the mirror than, than my body. And mm-hmm. that slowly shift over time. And I realized that the more flexible I got, the easier my life was. This is the Yoga 360 Podcast. We bring you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you live your best life. We connect with students, teachers, and experts from the community to both educate and have fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I am Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Amy. And both Karen and I just took a yin-yang class. Yes, a very relaxing one. More relaxing than the ones I teach. <laughs> that was a real... <laughs> that actually is very true. <laughs> because you've taught the last couple of ones, and uh, they were pretty active. But uh, Kim taught this one, and this was definitely one of her, as she most definitely mentions, her uh, mild tacos. Yes. Uh, one of our teachers at our studio rates her classes with tacos, and it was a mild taco tonight, wherein usually she teaches medium tacos. Although... I had us in Warrior Three with eagle arms. I think we'll call that a spicy taco. (laughs) (laughs) Way too much. So, so Karen and I are joined by a really special guest tonight. So, who do we have, Karen? We have Risto Duggan. So good to see you, Risto, and hear from you. (laughs) See you too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, and Risto's joining us on Zoom, and uh, yeah, so so excited that you had some time to sit down and chat with us. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Yeah, so you were in the studio last weekend, and you taught one of your sound bath uh, classes there. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, David Yates and I came out, and uh, uh, if you haven't heard David Yates play, he's about the best uh, sound healing uh, musician from Vancouver, I would say. And uh, he uh, he plays uh, didgeridoo, handpan, uh, kalimba, some percussion, uh, flute. He's amazing on the flute as well. And yeah, he kind of goes around the room sometimes and really, uh, he puts on quite, quite the show. Yeah. I I wasn't there for that uh, particular one, but I have taken one of your sessions before and this was before COVID. So I kind of have an idea as to what was, uh, what was going on and what's involved with that. Um, (laughs) kind of what's the whole, whole purpose behind that? It's just to uh, uh, move your body and then sit into, sit into some poses that uh, give you a little bit of challenge, but allow you to uh, sit there for long periods of time. And those long periods of time will, over time, shift things in your body. And then the music is a nice distraction from your own mind. As you know, that yin class is a lot more mental than it is physical. So it's really nice to have some beautiful music in the background to distract you. Absolutely. Especially when it's awesome. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, and we do have a couple videos up on social media, clips of David playing, and they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I know the students that were fortunate enough to get a spot, because it was sold out, so the students that were fortunate enough to get a spot definitely want to repeat. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that, listeners. <laughs> mm-hmm. And would that have been the same uh, uh, musician that was with you the last time that you were here before COVID? I've been out there with David once I believe, but I also was out there with Adam McCoy as well. So it could have been, uh, yeah, Adam's a good friend of mine too. And he plays, uh, he plays didge and drums and shruti box and a couple other things as well. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do definitely remember it being, um, pretty rewarding going through that, uh, 
that class, I, I specifically remember the drums kind of being beaten over top of me and uh, I could just feel the vibrations throughout my body and it was, mm-hmm. it was quite an experience. So that was, that was me actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was, uh, I was traveling around and then playing that, uh, that native drum up and down the spine and it kind of feels like your organs are moving in your body. It's a real trip. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm jealous and want to try that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first time it was done to me, I'm like, oh, wow, I can do that to other people. That's very cool. All right. <laughs> Put that in the memory bank. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so let's circle back a little bit. Risto, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, am a, I am a very uh, uh, damaged athlete that found yoga on my 40th birthday. And thank goodness, and, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I, took me about uh, two years to get to be able to sit cross-legged on the floor. I was sitting on three blocks when I started, and uh, I could barely reach past my knees, and uh, I had uh, damaged a lot of my body from... uh, I played uh, uh, basketball, beach volleyball, and snowboarding at kind of a semi-pro level. So uh, especially the five years in Whistler, they did a number on my body, snowboarding over 100 days a year. Oof. And we were, uh, yeah, racing border cross and, and dropping cliffs and doing backflips all over the place. And it was a lot of fun, but you pay the price. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's what brought you to yoga then. <laughs> yes, yes. And then uh, I had taken a bunch of different classes. And uh, and then I had taken a class with Ian Finn. Mm-hmm. And he uh, kind of opened my eyes to a different side of yoga, which was... Uh, playing some music and getting sweaty and being really close to the yogis that are beside you on either side, yogis, yoginis, and making you work really hard, but making you laugh as well at the same time while they're playing good music. And it it was just a whole different thing that I hadn't seen before. And that kind of got me a lot more excited about it. And then, uh, and then I did a rocket class once and that (laughs) changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we'll throw links to all of the people we're mentioning in the show notes. I'm looking at Steven because that's his job. Thank you, Steven. Yes, I will do that. <laughs> but, it, yeah, I think it's going to be a busy weekend for me doing all that. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've taken Ian Finn's class, classes before as well. And I feel so light in his classes, just like not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. It's just very uplifting. Yeah. Like you said, you're close to each other. Um, the music's there. It, it is. It's a good vibe. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. been there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that uh, both Karen and I can relate to you about uh, being a, a damaged or a broken athlete as well, too. Because I come yeah. from a, a martial arts background where I've had many, many injuries and I've had two shoulder surgeries. So, yeah, so it's something that I discovered um, at 35. I'm, I'm, I'm 40 now, and yep. it's it's for sure going to be something that's going to continue to be a part of my life and my practice. I was just wondering if, if you found any uh, uh, difficulties coming from that active lifestyle into a more yoga lifestyle. Well, I found yoga. I was uh, pretty into the gym at the same time. So I was uh, uh, more concerned with uh, the mirror than, than my body. Mm-hmm. And that slowly shift over time. Then I realized that the more flexible I got, the easier my life was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then having all the muscle was kind of getting in the way for a lot of stuff. So I dropped about 15 pounds of muscle and, and, uh, and then I, and then I got more into the yoga scene and then rocket, uh, I was doing rocket for quite a while. Uh, and, uh, and then I found yin as the other side and then I found my version of yin too. So (laughs) 
it's been an interesting journey. I've been teaching for 15 years now, and now I just teach basically uh, five or six sequences, depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Two rocket or three rocket and three yin. Yeah, and we do, I don't know how many of our listeners know this, but we do practice Rocket at the studio fairly frequently. Candace has done the training in Rocket, um, mm-hmm. and so she will teach maybe a slightly modified version of it sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But do you just want to elaborate a little bit on what the Rocket sequence um, concept is? Yeah, Candace took uh, my mentorship, actually. Yes, I thought it yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so uh, Larry Schultz in the late 80s uh, created... Uh, these three sequences. He took the three sequences from Ashtanga Yoga, and he was the uh, a yoga teacher for the Grateful Dead. And one of the musicians named Bob Weir, he says, what are you teaching us? And he says, I don't really have a name for it, but I took the three sequences from Ashtanga, and I created my own three sequences that had a lot more uh, variation and playful poses in there, where you didn't have to get to the second or third sequence to start to get upside down. And he weaved it right in, and uh, he he kept the, uh, the the format of the Ashtanga practice, but he just made it a little bit more playful, and it totally resonated with me. And that's all I've been doing ever since I started doing it. It was just like this is what I, this is my jam. And the beauty of it is because within each section, you can mess with whatever you want to do on that section. Mm-hmm. So even though it is a set sequence you can do whatever you want within the set sequence and, and modify so, it for who's in your class and what they want. Exactly. That day. Yeah, exactly. And add more arm balances or more inversions. If you got your rock stars in the crew that, that want a little bit more. And also you can offer, uh, offer options for people who don't want to get upside down as well. And that's the beauty of the practice. You can uh, practice beside someone who's been doing it for 20 years and you still have, you're still in there. Yeah. They don't, they don't make you just sit there and stare at people. <laughs> yeah, and I think we harp on this a lot at our studio and on the podcast a lot. We are so passionate about making the classes accessible for every body that comes into mm-hmm. the room. Like, we are all broken people. <laughs> all three of us yeah. talking right now, a lot of our listeners are. Um, doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter what size you are, gender, nothing. Yes. The practice can work for you. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really interesting origin of Rocket there. I would have had no idea. I did not know that either, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have practiced yeah. it, and don't you do crow pose like five minutes into it? Am I wrong? Crow pose happens after the sun salutations. Yeah, so quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, I've never really noticed is, that. So. Yeah, crow can have two feet on the floor, too. Absolutely, or on a block, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's there's a uh, there's all variations, and crow can press the handstand if you want, mm-hmm. and lower into chaturanga. You can get all fancy, or you can be really chill. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just did crow for the first time recently, um, like on the back and plugging the knees in and using all the core strength for that. And it was such a cool prep for it. Yeah, I'll show yeah, you cool. later, guys. Yeah, Don't worry. Cool. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a video. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to yeah. do a TikTok for that. <laughs> it's fun. So. Yeah. 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 Um, so the flip side of that coin then, you said you basically teach Rocket and you teach Yin. Tell us about your Yin background. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yin. Okay, so uh, when I was uh, uh, teaching power yoga, my friend Slava who teaches movement flow now and tours all over the world doing movement flow stuff. I, I took his training while uh, we were going through COVID as well. And he would be a half a teacher at the studio we were teaching at together. And I took his half a class and he took my uh, power class before it. 
And then so we kind of traded off ideas. And then I found within his half a class, it was crazy challenging, but we did these super long holds, which mm-hmm. were the were the yin side of the half of his half a class. Mm-hmm. And had the girl he was uh, dating at the time became my yin teacher. Cool. And he was just like, where did you get where I was like, where did you get these sequences from? And he goes, oh, Jolene Beta. She uh, kind of helped me out and taught this. So that's where I did my yin teacher training with. And she was very much about long holds. Mm-hmm. So uh, my yin class, uh, there's a lot of long holds in them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've brought it up before because when I'm teaching frog, I'll point out, you know, guys, I know someone that teaches this for much longer than me. How long do you teach frog for, Risto? <laughs> 14 minutes a lot of the time. Oh, jeez. I wasn't lying. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. But once you get into it, like, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. What what is your thought process behind long holds to that extent, like, beyond the four or five minute mark? Two minutes is just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. Five minutes, Mm -hmm. you're kind of getting in there. Ten minutes, you're really getting in there. Mm -hmm. And then anything after that is going to make changes. So ideally... If you were into it, it would just be super long holds one after another, after another, after another to get the most benefit out of it. But I also uh, believe in functional movement in my yin classes. So that's why uh, the, the one I teach at One Yoga is called Active Yin. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones are Flexibility Yin, which I did that training online as well. And they have functional movement in them as well. And I, ha- I have a really strong belief that that combination is, is key. Can you elaborate a little bit on what functional movement means to you and how you apply it in your classes? Yeah, like if you were going into hips, uh, hips pose, a uh, functional movement thing would be yogic squats to stand up mm. and up and down in yogic squat. And you can also open your arms as well while you're doing that. You can come up and down. It's part of our, uh, they're called moon squats in my flexibility in class. Mm-hmm. We start off every sequence with them pretty much. And then say in a hips class, the 90-90 deer pose, you can rock from side to side a whole bunch of times, and then you can add different pieces to it to hit different parts of the hips while you're going in there. Mm-hmm. So you're really lighting up the area that you're focusing on within that class. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really key to getting in there deeper. Because if you just go in cold all the time and just sit there, it's going to be a little less effective unless it was lubricated a little bit. It's just like uh, fascia. If you're if if you're massaging fascia, if you don't get water in there first before you massage, you just bruise. So anytime someone is like foam rolling or whatever, mm-hmm. two minutes of mellow, mellow, mellow foam rolling to get the water into the fascia, and then you can start going deep. Mm-hmm. See the people in the gym. They see the dudes in the gym put the foam roller down and just go go to town on their on their <laughs> IT bands and they're like crying. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, this like, guy right here, this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm pointing to myself. <laughs> we call you're them dead. dude bros. <laughs> Yeah, you're just lifting your legs, dude. You're not really doing anything. So you gotta you gotta soften that area up a little bit. Get some water in there. Have you so had this lecture I, before, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. About five minutes before we logged on, to, yeah, yeah, talking about this. I, I was joking around with Karen just now. The other day, um, six o'clock in the morning, I, I went deep and did some heavy uh, heavy squats, like uh, six sets yep. of heavy squats. You know, progressive. And then regressive, yeah. like build the weight up and then drop it back down again. Uh, never again am I going to do that at six o'clock in the morning because <laughs> three days later, I still got the doms, something fierce, and I can barely yeah. walk. So. <laughs> nice. so don't be like Steven no. and lubricate. Yeah. You this can be is like what we're me. Learning. In, yeah. You can be like me in other ways, just not like that. 
Yeah. <laughs> Learn from all the errors of our ways, friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you like to incorporate functional movement at the beginning of postures and then get into a really long, juicy hold. Yep. Essentially, and yeah. And throw some functional movement within, within the class as well sometimes. Hmm. Interesting. Like if you're switching from one area to another, you want to light the shoulders up before you start to get into the shoulders. So mm-hmm. you can do some work with the shoulders before you start to go in there. And also twists. You can do like a slow moving twist a bunch of times before you drop into your twist. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. I just, it just, the way it responds more to my body and then sandbags. Yes. We do talk (laughs) about sandbags. Sandbags, sandbags, sandbags. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've never used them myself, but I've seen other people in the studio use them before and yeah, they look uh, pretty effective. So yeah, we we got rid of all our props. Um, yeah. During COVID. Yeah. So when they come back, I'm angling for more sandbags because, yeah. oh, they're magical. <laughs> yeah. All the way through all the way through COVID, I had this crazy dedicated crew that was here on Sunday nights in my living room and we would go in Amazing. every Sunday. It was uh, it was pretty fun. But there was a lot of sandbag action. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know I've talked about them on previous episodes, but just to clarify, sandbags are literally what they sound like. They're maybe, yeah. I don't know, I want to say 10 inches by 8 inches often, and they weigh a few pounds, and they're flat, yeah. and then you yeah. just pop them. So, for instance, um, you know, let's talk 90, 90 pose, deer pose that you mentioned. I, in that pose, would put it maybe on the back thigh to help open it a bit more, or along the spine, maybe between your shoulders. Um, just to help give gravity a little bit of help getting into the posture. Totally. Yeah. 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 It, totally. It's going to allow you to get deeper and like kind of allow you to hold it a little longer as well. Maybe. It's, it, some... it's basically an adjustment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you think about when you're, when you're in class and the teacher comes over and it gives you a beautiful adjustment. That's what the sandbag is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it just, it just puts weight on an area. Say you, say you're doing just lying on your back and doing a twist like 99 or, or two knee twists to the right. Mm-hmm. And you put a sandbag on the shoulder and on the top leg. You're yes. pinned there. You don't have to think about anything. You just let all go. You, yeah. Yeah. All you can think about is reaching out a little more with the arms and reaching a little farther over with the knees and then let the sandbag do everything and just sit there. And our, the sandbags we have here are like 12 pounds. They're yeah. great. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, nice, big, nice, big, heavy dogs. Yeah. Almost like an anchor. Um, I have yeah. said that too. Teaching online, I said, hey, you have your cat there. Can you make it sit on your thigh right now? <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Grab or, your heaviest blankets and just throw them all over you. Where <laughs> <laughs> I had a student one in Dragon, and then their, I want to say, three-year-old decided to come get a piggyback ride while the student perfect. was in Dragon. Why the heck not, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would help quite a bit. That's the perfect so, adjustment right absolutely, there. Absolutely. That's what you need. Yeah. yeah and we, <laughs> and we both love Dragon, so that would be fantastic. We do. We, we, yeah. I have a deep love for Dragon. <laughs> nice. nice. Okay, so yeah, so you teach. How would you differentiate your active being classes from your functional, or sorry, flexibility in classes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the flexibility in classes initially it was called gravity yoga, mm-hmm. and uh, they changed the name because the anti gravity yoga people with the suspended stuff, mm-hmm. it was getting all confused. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alex changed it to uh, uh, certified flexibility coach. And okay. so I called the class Flexibility Yin. And he offers up three sequences, which is a shoulders and back sequence, which we just call it shoulders, mm-hmm. and then a hip sequence and a hamstring sequence. Mm-hmm. And it's 75 minutes. 
and it starts off with a little bit of functional movement like those moon squats and then there's a sequence of uh, poses and it works like a charm i've had people coming to the class after like three weeks this one guy he was 59 years old and he goes i've been coming to your class three weeks and i haven't been able to do an arm circle for the last 14 years and he was doing it effortlessly and he goes i haven't been able to look to the right for 20 years and he was looking to the right so that was three shoulder classes yeah and it fixed a whole bunch of stuff there's a lot of stuff like if you have a, if you you said you had shoulder work done recently mm-hmm. uh yeah i've had both my uh, shoulders operated on for torn labrums and the, uh, the last yeah. one was about uh, three to four years ago yeah i had full shoulder reconstruction just before covid so I, I learned a whole whack load going through uh, rehabilitating the shoulder. And it's amazing that just holding the shoulder up to your ears, like hanging from a bar, say, mm-hmm. just that alone, once a day for a minute to two minutes, massive results. Mm-hmm. Massive results. You got to think about how often do you do this? Arm yeah. overhead, long. Put your shoulders up to your ears. Yeah, yeah not often at all. Yeah. At power yoga class, and they're really cueing it with the elevate the shoulders, and you're mm-hmm. in there for a long time. You're not up there, so your your shoulder doesn't get its full range, hardly at all. It's usually down here most of the time. Hanging so it's down not even, heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not <laughs> even really comfortable being up over the head. So, forcing it to be there for long periods of time, it lights the shoulder up, and it causes it to repair quickly. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been amazed at, uh, what these, se- these three sequences have been doing to students, like they're freaking out and the numbers like went right up right away in a really short time. I was pretty impressed. The attendance like numbers you mean or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Faster than anything I've taught before. Like they've come in and go, wow, that was really hard, but super effective. Mm-hmm. Like I felt it all week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. And just because I like to hear it, what does that make you feel as a teacher when you have your students say that? Oh, it's it's everything. We we certainly don't we don't do this for money, really, because it's it's not it's not the place you want to be. Is like if you're gonna like, I'm just gonna smash it in the yoga world. <laughs> that was a conversation we just had on a previous uh, yeah. episode <laughs> with one of our like, teachers. No, you are like, are you content doing what you're doing, and are you doing the stuff that you love, and are you healthy? way more important to me such a gift yeah 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 Yeah. so it's uh, like just passing on the stuff that you've gone through to help someone else not have to go through it Mm -hmm. is is awesome you know like like i'm super glad i've had a hip replacement and a broken femur and a you know fully reconstructed shoulder and all this stuff and now it changes the way i teach changes everything and like yeah, you go you go into classes with teachers that have come from a dance background or a gymnastics background and everything's easy and they're like they don't really know what's going on with the dude and that's arthritic. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So it's nice to it's it's nice to have been through a lot of the stuff to come from a place of been there, done that. Yeah, I I often refer to it as I have privilege in that because if I, in a bigger body and a broken body, say to a student, you know, 
this is what helped me or this will help you, I think sometimes it can carry a little bit more weight than another teacher who is more educated than me even, but just appearance-wise looks like they're a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's just going <laughs> to yeah. have different experiences along Absolutely, with that. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. And for reference, guys, you referenced some of your injuries. Um, one of the people I'm in training with is Jasmina Eagler. She she mentioned you the other day and called you the bionic man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've been through the ringer, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So because you do come from a broken background what is your Mm -hmm. approach when you're teaching new students broken students and what would sort of your advice be to students who are listening who aren't really sure if they're ready for a rocket class or ready for a 14 minute frog Um, what would what would you say to them because I'm definitely not ready for a 14 minute frog yeah you are I'll I'll just tell (laughs) everyone everyone can do it if you can do something for five seconds you can do it for five minutes it's like it's it's all it's all here it's just like it it depends on how you set up yeah so uh, the setup is the most important thing and the alignment is the most important thing. Mm. So you just have to make sure that you're really uh, like diligent about correct cueing and make sure that you've delivered all the healing stuff or the healthy stuff that you can to your students to set them up. Mm-hmm. And then the ball's in their court. You know, yeah. we can't run around and adjust all the time. Sometimes we're not even allowed to right now. So the verbal cueing has to be very good. Has to be and on just point. like, yeah. Yeah, and just like if you're if you come from an athletic background, you know how important the fundamentals are about everything. Mm-hmm. So pay more attention to dialing in your fundamentals than showing off. Like how depth. do you place your hand- Okay. Yep. Yeah, how do you place your hands on the mat? Mm-hmm. Where do you put your big toes on the mat? Mm-hmm. Where do you how wide are your feet at the back of the mat? Mm-hmm. How wide are your hands at the front of the mat? How how what is lined up on the mat? Like when you start thinking about it that way, your practice is going to internalize way more and you're not going to be fidgeting around. And then you can focus on bandhas, like lifting the pelvic floor, engaging the low belly, staring at something specifically so you're not moving around so much. Because mm-hmm. the, the less you fidget, the more you can practice properly. Absolutely. And we don't, I don't think we've ever brought up bandhas on the podcast before. No. Do you want to elaborate on bandhas for us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they, there's this the old joke about no banda, no yoga. <laughs> but, but yeah, it really, it really does apply to, uh, I mean, there are some poses where it's, it's not something you want to do, but that doesn't usually happen very often, especially in our power yoga, especially in a rocket practice. Mm-hmm. They're all your stabilizers for your whole hip joint basically mm-hmm. our Mula Bandha and Uddiyana Bandha. It's the pelvic floor lifting and then the low belly drawing in and lifting up. And that sets your hips. So a lot of people cue, send the tailbone down to the floor or tailbone tuck. Mm-hmm. just means Mula Bandha. Mm-hmm. You just got to lift your pelvic floor and engage it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to fine tune stuff in s- specific areas too. And then Uddiyana Bandha is just the low belly drawing in and lifting up. And then I like to uh, cue a lot in my rocket class, ribs in. Mm. I wish that was a, a third banda or a fourth banda. Jalandhara banda is the is the, the chin lock, but we don't focus on that too, too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, there should be a rib. I always make jokes about ribanda. <laughs> 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 because you see the rib stick out and the bum goes back. And so... Mula Banda sends a tailbone down, tucks that in, and then the ribs come in and the low belly comes up and it just pulls everything in. So you really want to mm-hmm. think about all that stuff more than 
getting to the end of the pose or, you know, think about the, the setup more mm-hmm. than, more than you should, more than you think you should actually. <laughs> yeah. And even when you're focusing on that, I feel like when I do that more in my own practice, especially in an act practice, like a rocket class, for instance, um, yeah. I'm safer. My, my spine is totally. safer. My body 100%. is safer. Maybe 100%. I'm not going through the same depth. Yeah. I've brought up a couple of times recently. I went through a stint about six months ago where I was practicing almost only Bikram. I was doing the Bikram sequence. And then yeah. I did a Pilates class out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, I can do both, but I haven't done any core work. But it's like, yes, I have. Because in the Bikram practice, I was engaging my core in every posture and, and yeah. maintaining totally. like exactly like you're talking about, ribs in, mm-hmm. ribs in. Yeah. And that's yeah. what that does. Okay, so by yeah. ribs in, you're really engaging your core? You can feel, you know, if you, if you go into a back bend, like just do this, arch your back, you'll feel your ribs go out. Okay. Out. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. And now send your tailbone down to the floor and pull your ribs in, but keep your heart lifted. Okay. You feel that? Big difference. <laughs> well, my back you know? just cracked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then you have this this wicked posture that is super stable and strong, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yep. So uh, so the one thing I actually say uh, just when I was mid mid stanza back there, I should I should have <laughs> said that usually at the beginning of my class is uh, I give really specific cues and my best advice is for you to do the cues to the best of your ability. Mm. So that's kind of how I try and like to set it up and go, I'm telling you exactly what I want you to do from what I've learned in my travels. And if you can do them to the best of your ability, that's all I'm yeah. asking as a teacher. And then I hope that's that you're getting more because you're doing these things mm-hmm. no and as a student uh, specific cues are very appreciated because yeah because some of them can be rather vague and like ambiguous and be like what did and you want me to do like why are what? you looking at me when you say that no. so i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. read between the lines sometimes, Karen. Uh, sometimes uh people will come in the class and they're like oh you were like a drill sergeant tonight and they're like I really like that. Yeah, and then okay. you say you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually speaking about Candace there. <laughs> I'm joking. And to be clear, why? because Cause Candace. Because Candace. And to be clear, everyone, <laughs> if you ever are confused by something, I can speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure this applies to every teacher. If you're ever confused by a cue, they want to hear that. I want to hear oh, that. Yeah. We want to be more clear for you. Yeah. yeah. And especially yeah. we're blessed here in the studio. We have a lot of people with English as an additional language. So we try to be super clear, but sometimes yeah. things don't land. That's not your fault. That's our fault. So let us know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So as a teacher, Riso, do you prefer big classes or smaller classes? Uh, 15 to 30. 30 mm. is my sweet spot. Okay. Ta- I've taught a whole bunch of festivals and big things and didn't do anything for me. Mm. It was fun and everything, but it's a party class. Yeah. I mean, you can still do your thing and everything, but, but it's a party class. And uh, I'd much rather be with my crew and watch them evolve, you know, get stronger from the inside. And it's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the last teacher we uh, we interviewed said about 8 to 12 is his ideal size. Yeah, somewhere in there. I think that's what most of us tend to say. Um, 
there's benefits and drawbacks to huge classes and small cl- like you said yeah. you don't need to work to make it a party class when it's a big festival mm-hmm. no no no, no. <laughs> so like fun. at least 10 gives you the full feeling mm-hmm. you know and that changes your energy as a teacher mm-hmm. without you even thinking about it mm-hmm. just because there's there's that much energy looking at you you know if it's two people it's just like okay sometimes those are the best though yeah yeah depending on the two people and depending on if um I'm not sure if this is because I'm a newer teacher, but I think if I'm not ready and on my A game, sometimes it's not as good as it could be. It's still good, you know? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but as long as you're there and you care about it, you know, it's yeah. uh, 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 my, my fave teacher, we used to always make comments about it. Isn't it such a bizarre thing about how one day you're hilarious and the next day you're like flat as hell you know and yeah, it's just, just like bomb and nothing just, hits yeah. yeah and then you're like you got to be totally okay with that and then the, the flat class that's the one that three people come up and they're oh my god that was so great thank you and you're like okay if you say you know, so. <laughs> you, know you know you're you're expecting them to go you weren't so lively as you normally are and yeah. i'm like i don't know it just was like that's what was happening so yeah yeah that was the energy and, that day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and, and other days, you, everything's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had those for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any favorite postures right now? Favorite postures? I'm getting uh, a lot more results personally in Warrior One mm. since I uh, applied a lot more of an Ashtanga focus to it. It made a big change on the pose. Okay. What would, it's made a big What would that be? Well, yeah, what does that mean, a more um, a stronger approach to it? A much deeper stance, very off-axis hip setup, mm. and a very lifted shoulder. Mm. So it's very, it's, it's, it's more like warrior than, than like, <laughs> okay. like a soft, yeah, you know? It, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a very yeah. proud warrior? Yeah, huh? <laughs> it's a very, very deep bend into the front knee, okay. and the back leg is back and turned out quite a bit more than mm-hmm. normal mm-hmm. and the arms are quite lifted and, and it just creates it's a lot of work but when you start to feel it and can sit into it with the knees almost at 90 degrees it's been like it's been 17 years of work for me so mm-hmm. i'm starting to feel it like a lot of people would start at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, so that's the one that i'm uh, excited about more now even though it still doesn't feel that's okay i think sometimes um favorite postures are the ones that you're seeing some changes in and you're seeing some roadblocks in but they're within reach (laughs) like no my thigh bicep is not parallel to the mat today but maybe it will be tomorrow and i think um those are often my favorite postures too (laughs) yeah and we definitely uh we definitely celebrate our our things through class with the students all the time yeah i love it I love hearing that kind of stuff. The yeah. oh, this is the first time I've done this, and oh, exactly the energy exactly. is so good. I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. you know, like people get stoked about it and like want to share it, and that's yeah. great. Yeah, we yeah. Um, on our. I keep talking about training because I'm so enmeshed with it right now. But we did the the inversion stay, so we did handstands and forearm stands and everything, and just the energy in the room. Um, we were talking about it after, and we thought we were all high. Like honestly, we we thought we were intoxicated by with something yeah. um, because all of us were just uh, frenetic. 
<laughs> yeah, and you're feeding off each other. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so cool. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how about least, um, least favorite postures? Anything not working for you right now? I have a little bit of a hamstring issue right now, so I'm uh, I'm uh, staying a little away from Hanuman, mm. but I'm going crazy on middle splits right now. So, so Hanuman so is um, half splits, like front, one, yeah. front splits. Front yeah, splits, front thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm, uh, I'm working like crazy person on middle splits right now. I'm making it my like stop hamstring stuff and all middle splits for a while. So Love I'm it. still doing this stuff, but just not as intense. A little more gentle. And like along those yeah. same lines, are there any postures that you just either don't like to teach or I know some teachers refuse to teach some postures. Um, do you have any that fall into that category for you? Uh, well, I don't really like to teach something that I can't do. Mm. So if I know a pose that I'd like to offer it in class, I make sure that I have a student in the room that could demo it to help them, you know, Yeah. like uh, grasshopper is one that's not in my hips and my knees still yet but it's mm-hmm. real close like, real close <laughs> <laughs> i look but, forward uh, to the picture when you get there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, do we do grasshopper here uh i think we've had it once uh, i'm drawing a blank on I it think i don't know it, what this one uh, is why don't you describe grasshopper for us risto i think we've done it in class a couple of times with candace it's but... <laughs> a figure four twist so yeah figure four and then your tricep goes to the arch of the the top leg and then you balance on okay. chaturanga arms. Yeah. 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 Okay. The, the other leg goes straight out the, the side. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty funky one. Yeah. It, it's, it's exciting. We'll, we'll toss a picture in the show notes. Um, I'm <laughs> confident at least once it's been a peak posture we've worked towards and you okay. do a lot of like twisting, like maybe like a seated pigeon with your forearm on the sole of your foot as a prep. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And yeah. I think, to be fair, I, like, I think that's even the pose she put us into and then said, or, okay, you stay here or you go into grasshopper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It's Perfect. fun. It's fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I also have never done grasshopper, but I can do the seated pigeon with my forearm on my foot, so I'm not <laughs> far. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we asked this question to all the teachers that come onto our show. Are you a feet together or a feet apart person? Feet together. <laughs> Emphatic. Dang. Steven wants feet more together. people to say feet apart. <laughs> not, not from me. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah. elaborate on your logic and your feeling behind that? <laughs> it connects the line. Hmm. All your handstands, the toes should be together and, mm-hmm. yep. and reach it. No, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's foundational, then, right? Yeah. That's why the warrior one pose is down the center of the mat. So if your toes, if you were, if you stood apart and you step back into warrior one, you'd need hips that are like three feet wide to have your feet like that. Mm-hmm. If you have your feet, feet lined up and you step back quite a bit farther, mm-hmm. you want your feet together. So if you started feet apart, it wouldn't line, they wouldn't line up correctly. I feel like that might even start to put some torque on the knee. Um, totally. Yeah. Which is totally, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm constantly pulling feet into the middle, the mm-hmm. front foot into the middle on students. Just okay. to yeah. get get the hips lined up. No, that's know? really good. Uh, that's, unless you're there. setting everything from one like one side to another, which I don't understand why you'd want to do that either. But <laughs> but that's just because uh, I've done it down the middle for so long. It just it it's why it's been done for thousands of years. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, perfect. Or hundreds of years, Stan. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Probably thousands at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I think next we'd really just like to hear um, what's on the horizon for you. What are you up to now? Do you have any more workshops coming up, or are you going to come back to our studio soon, or what's what's going uh, on? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully David and I will come back there for sure. Yeah. Uh, that would definitely be on the horizon. But uh, I'm going to Nicaragua in November, uh, cool. and I, I'm going to be staying at a place called Santosha Surf Sanctuary. And that's November 5th to the 19th. The first week is already sold out, and the second week has some spots. And uh, I teach a Rocket 3 class, which is a two-hour practice, which combines one and two and then adds some arm balances into it. Fine. It's super fun jam. And that's uh, the last Saturday of the month at 2 o'clock at Stretch. Very so cool. those are like the things that I'm focusing on right now. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And middle splits. And middle splits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our listeners can follow you on on Instagram to watch your journey with that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and for anybody out there that's listening, those retreats that uh, you're talking about there, I have done a couple of them for jiu-jitsu and martial arts, and they are... I would say priceless for uh, for your practice and your training. It's such a such a great experience to go on something like that, and you know you're in a country like that. You have surfing, you have the the food, you have the different culture and everything, and uh, just the people that you meet. I I can only draw from from my experiences in that, but I would think that it would be pretty similar to that, and I would most definitely re- recommend it to anybody that uh, that's looking into doing something like that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've done, uh, this is my fifth one in Nicaragua. And uh, when you arrive in there in, in November, it's a jungle paradise. And then mm-hmm. just finished the rainy season, super lush jungle. And, and uh, where we surf, there's nobody. Busy day on the water is 15 people. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, uh, I keep it small. I only have 10 patrons with mm-hmm. me a week. And we do two classes a day. And we usually surf twice a day. So it's pretty active. We're usually down by like nine or 10 o'clock at night. You're done. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. done. And then we practice at seven in the morning. Super cool. Rocket in the morning, flexibility in in the afternoon. And then I do a movement flow day as well. Yeah. One of the ones I went to was um, in Costa Rica and it was in uh, Nosara on the Pacific side. And that, uh, that was quite the experience, such a beautiful place. And there was probably about 25 to 30 people in our group. And yeah, we got to do so many cool things together. And you must've been salsa dancing too. Uh, no, no salsa dancing. No, no way. (laughs) All the, all the surfers are all salsa dancers down in Costa Rica. Okay. It's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It must've been an off week for them. (laughs) 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 Yeah. They heard the jujitsu guys were coming. So they, uh, they went inland probably. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, it was so nice to connect with you, Risto. Is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with before we let you go? Uh, no, come and check out classes. Uh, if you see, if you're in Vancouver, come and check us out at stretch and, uh, I'll definitely be heading back out there. Candace is amazing. So I love coming out there and, uh, sharing stuff with you guys out there. Yeah. And David, David for sure is, uh, he, he really, really enjoyed it as well. So. Yeah, and we want to come back for sure. Students are excited about it, so uh, okay, cool. We'll, we'll try and make that happen, and um, we're going to link your social media in the show notes so people can uh, get in touch with you and follow your journey. And thank you so much okay. for joining us tonight. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. you. I really Risto. enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it right, was a really too. good chat. Learned a lot. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Thanks, Bye. everyone, and have a good night. 